Welcome to the Prince Manasseh Achu podcast. Prophet Manasseh Achu is the general overseer of the Watered Garden Church in Ghana, West Africa. Thank you for joining us for another power-packed session. Through the teaching of God's word and the ministration of the spirit, we restore God's glory in mankind. Enjoy the transformational power of God's word as you listen to today's message. Elasticity of faith. Say the elasticity of faith. Oh, I couldn't hear you. The elasticity of faith. All right. Now, when we say elasticity, we are talking about flexibility, resilience, adaptability, ability to resist or overcome depression. When we say something is elastic, we are saying that it's capable of returning to its original length or shape after it is stretched, deformed, compressed, or expanded. <laughs> I like that. When we say something is elastic, we are saying that the, th the thing is capable of returning to its original length and shape. After it has been stretched, compressed, or what? Stretched, compressed, or deformed, or expanded, is able to come back to this place. Now, the word of God is elastic, perfectly elastic. You can stretch and stretch it and it will come back. You see, it has the ability to stand any pressure that we can put on it. It can stand the test of everything. What I'm saying is that the word of God is dependable. You can take it and stretch it and stretch it in every situation. It will work for marriage. It will work for business. It will work in a crooked generation. It will work in every situation. And so your faith in the word of God can be absolute. You can stretch it no matter the situation. Because the word is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to hear your amen. Oh. So there are some few scriptures I want to read. Faith basically means to believe. Of course, it means more than believing. But the simple definition of faith is to believe. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, defining faith, it said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is perceiving as real fact that which is not revealed to the senses. Um, faith is being sure of what you hope for and being certain of realities you cannot see. So faith is the certainty of your expectation. Now and we are talking about the elasticity of faith. We are saying that faith could be stretched and stretched if it's based on the word of God. Because the word of God becomes the substance for faith. The Bible says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That the things which appear are not made of things. The things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. By faith, we understand that the wells, the ages, the aeons were actually framed by the word of God. So, we're going to be talking about faith, the elasticity of faith. Um, because God wants you to stretch your faith and God wants you to believe that your faith is not vain. Your faith is not going to fail you at any point. 
And that is why I am sharing this, okay? Now, the first statement I want to make here is that the word of God was meant to be believed. Everybody say that. The word of God was meant to be believed. God doesn't just want us to agree with him. He wants us to believe him because he wants us to receive from him. Amen. Now let me explain that. Everybody say the word of God was meant to be believed. Now, just as food is meant to be eaten. If you see a food decorated, it's just to make people want to eat it. The purpose of food is to be eaten. There is no other reason for food. The purpose of the word of God is to be believed there is no other purpose for the word of God. So, you don't hear the word of God and say, oh, it's nice. Oh, what a word. And then you leave it. The Bible says that the word didn't profit some people because it was not mixed with faith. They didn't believe it. Food doesn't benefit you until you eat it. So the word of God is meant to be believed. And I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. John chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Did you see that? Now, they were talking about the word of God. And they said it was in the beginning with God and it was God. And they said that this word was, it was it, nothing was made without the word because everything was made by him. Then they said that in the word was life and that life was the light of man. Then somebody was sent called John to come and bear witness about this word which is now called light. Because the word became life and the life was the light of man. John was sent to bear witness of the light or of the life or of the word of God. That through him all men might believe. Because the purpose of the word is to be believed. Now, let's read on. John was not a light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lights every man who comes into the world. That's what the word of God will do to you. It will light your life. This is the true light that lights every human being who comes into the world. He was in the world and the word was made by him and the world knew him not. Now hold it. He said this word was in the world. And the world was actually created by him. And the world knew him not. He should have read but the world didn't know him. As if to say that it was obvious that if he created the world and he was in the world, the world should know him. But he didn't say, but the world he knew. And, say, and the world knew him not. As if God expected it to be so. You see, because the world is a mystery. The world is a mystery. It's only people to whom it is revealed, they can see it. You see, that is why though he was light, Somebody had to bear witness of the light. Now, and the word knew him not. Next verse. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Now he came to his own people. His own people did not receive him. But as many as received him. 
To them gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Let's just stop here for a meantime. Now I want you to realize that. He's saying that those who receive him. They become sons of God. And he said, those who believe on his name. Because believing is the same as receiving. You missed it. I'm going to tell you again. The Bible says here, hello. Is everybody here? The Bible says in John 1, 12, that as, as many as, but as many as receive him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Even those, even them who believe on his name. And I'm saying that he's equating receiving him to believing him. In other words, those who believe him are the people who receive him. And those who receive him are the people who believe on him. So I am saying that we can comfortably say that receiving is believing and believing is receiving. So, the word of God was meant to be believed. In other words, the word of God was meant to be received. Just as food is meant to be eaten. So, God's intention is that people should receive the word. Or people should do what? Believe the word. Why? So that it will benefit them. Why must you eat the food? The food is meant to be eaten. So that food will do what? Give you life. Next line. Which were born, he said, these people have the power to become sons of God. People who receive the word, people who receive Jesus, who is the word of God. They have power to become children of God. And he said, these people are born not of blood. We were all born of blood, but some people are born again. These people are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Bible says that the children of the flesh, they are not the children of God. But the children of promise, they are counted for seed. So God created all of us, but all of us are not children of God. All of us were born of the flesh, the will of man. But there are some people who have been born of God. Amen. Let's, let's read on. And the word was made flesh. The word became flesh, became a person so that we endure among us so we can now not just hear, but we can see him. We can touch him. We can handle him. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So now the word became flesh, the person of Jesus Christ. And then now we can now see all his glory that is full of grace and truth. Hello? Full of grace and truth so that we can do what? So that we can do verse 16 and verse 17. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by. So, and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. So, we saw his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Are we here? So that we can do what? We can just say, oh, nice, oh, nice grace. Oh, nice, oh, truth. No. The food is nice, oh. So that we can do what? We can do verse 16 of his fullness. Have we all done what? You are not talking to Have we all done what? Receive what? Grace upon grace. One level of favor and the other. One level of spiritual gift after the other. It's a good place to clap. Alright. Made my point. So the word of God was meant to be believed or received. Okay. Now, God doesn't just want you to agree with, with him. He wants us to believe him. 
He wants us to receive him. There are many good meaning people who at least common sense tells them that God is a good God. And that if there is a God which they know there is, he must be right in what he does. As to the relevance of his omnipotence and omniscience, they don't know yet. God is all powerful, but as to how that is relevant to them, they don't know yet. Because they know that God is all powerful and he's doing a lot of things. But they still have questions. So why does all killings go on? Why are children dying? Why is there sickness? So they know that God is omnipotent because they believe there is God. Because you can't say that there is a God who is not omnipotent. So they know God is omnipotent. But as to how that is relevant to them, they don't know. In other words, they agree that God is God exists. They agree that God is a good God. They even agree with what God is doing. And they even agree with the word of God. Except that... <laughs> They have not received. They have not believed God. And because they have not believed God, they have not had that personal encounter. And so, the relevance of God is out. They know there's God. But how relevant he is. At least some know that it's God. He's taking care of all of us. At least he's there. That's why we are there. But as to taking that a step further, which Bible commends as the real thing? It says you believe that there is one God. Even the devils know that and they tremble. So he said, that agreement that there is God is not enough. So God's intention is I started by saying that God's word was meant for us to believe. And we said believe is to receive. And we said it's not enough to just agree with the word of God. It's not, just, it's not enough to agree with God. But we must actually believe God. Why? Is God so desperate to be believed that if we don't believe him, he has a, an emotional problem. A, 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 how do we call it? We have a, he has a, a, a complex God wants to be believed so badly that if we don't believe him, he gets depressed. No. The reason why God wants you to believe him so badly is not so that he will feel good. It's so that you can receive. Because believing is receiving. You don't benefit if you don't receive. And you don't receive if you don't believe. Holy Spirit, you are teaching really good. So far, so good. Now, I said God wants us not just to agree with him, but to believe him actively. Because God wants us to receive from him. God wants our lives in the word because, because our lives are in the word and in receiving or believing, that is when we receive the life. We just read that in him was life. So if the word of God is life, to receive the life and to receive it more abundantly, we must receive the word. And the word for receive is believe. Believe. Pastor Alfred. So, believing now it's no longer an issue of if you like, believe, or if you don't like, don't believe. It is an issue of life. I'm going to say that again. What we are talking about is life. And the life is in the word. Believing is receiving the word. 
Now the word has life. So receiving or believing the word means receiving the life. So it is not an issue of if I like, I believe. Well, I am not, you know that I'm not very religious like you. Me, I'm not as religious as my wife. Like some fine gentlemen say. You know me, I'm not as religious as my wife. You hear people say that. Master, it's not an issue of being religious. It's an issue of life or death. Do you know how the Bible puts it? He says that just shall live by faith. Now, I want us to jump one step and go straight to Romans 1.17. Now, we're going to read it. Maybe first from the King James. And then if you have the ER. Is it ERS or ERV? If you have the ERV. Then you give it to me. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel? Good news. Good news. What is the good news? The words of our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, how can you be ashamed of good news? But then he even says, because it is the power of God unto salvation. The way God saves people. The life-giving element is the word, is the gospel. Is the word of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Did you see that? Did you, did you see that? How does God save people? How does God give life to people according to this scripture? He gives Life to people by the gospel to those who do what? Who believe. Why? Why is it those who believe? Because they receive it. Believing is receiving. Now, to the Jew first and to the Greek. It's not a white man's gospel. It is for the Jew, the Israelites first and also to every other person. It's not a white man's gospel and it's not a black man's gospel. They used to accuse us that, oh, this thing, this thing that white man brought you, white man religion, and you are so crazy about it. Now they say that we have taken the thing so personal that we have turned it into our religion. So is it now a black man religion or is it a white man religion? They should tell us now. Because they say it was black, white man religion. Now they are saying that the thing, the thing is, has become a black man thing. So is it... It is to the white and the black. It is to the Jew first. The Israel first. Because that's where God made a covenant first with Abraham. And then to everybody. But the criteria for life. For receiving the divine life. Has always been believing or faith. Good teaching. Clap for Jesus Christ. He's teaching really good now. Now verse 17 even amplifies the dynamics. Because you see, God's system works like the judicial system. It's a legal, the Bible is full of legal terms. You know, laws emanated from the lawgiver. So this whole thing works like a legal system. So now, he will introduce you into the legal side of salvation. Because the thing is about sin condemnation or judgment and how God justifies or makes some people righteous without them necessarily keeping all the laws. One can amen. Some people didn't get the gospel explained to them like this. They just believed. 
So verse 17 say, For therein, for in it, what in? What, what? For in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, the righteousness there may trick some people. But the word there is the righteous requirements of God is revealed in the, in the good news. What God requires to give righteousness to people is in the gospel. The word righteousness there is justification. The way God will justify people as to whether they are righteous, they have right standing before him or not, is in the gospel. It is in the gospel, in the good news, that God's righteousness or righteous requirement or justification or righting wrongs, it is in the gospel. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the believer shall live by faith. So he's saying that it's in the gospel, the word of God about Christ. That the way God writes wrongs, justifies people, makes people right with him, approves people, acquits and discharges people from all offenses. It is in the gospel that it is revealed. The good news about Jesus Christ sent as God's gift to us, dying, atoning for our sin, being a propitiation, a redemption. God's system, legal system of righting our wrongs, canceling our debts, acquitting us, making us righteous, that program, that whole structure and system, judicial system, hinges and hangs on the gospel. How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Master, just tell me. Now, this one is telling us something, and Candy, we have to come back here in a moment, but before we come here, We'll come back here in the R-E-E-R-V version. But before we come and do justice to this, I, I want us to see something in Romans chapter 10 verse 3. If you like, you can read from verse 1. Now, brethren, my heart desire and prayer for God to Israel is that they must be saved. This is Paul praying for Israel. Because he was an Israelite, he was praying for his brethren. He said, I'm praying for Israel that they should be saved. And he explains why. He says, for I bear them record, for, for, for I testify that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They want to serve God. Oh. They are religious people. Oh. They are nice guys. Oh. But it is not based on accurate knowledge. They got it all wrong. They have gone into the exam hall <laughs> and instead of answering the question, they have said their own question and they are answering it. Which they say, everything they have learned is non-sila, exosila, extra-sila. They have just... They have a zeal for God and sometimes you see people who really are worshipping God. Following strange prophets. Not according to knowledge. Someone to lie down so that a prophet will walk over them. There are still churches that practice penance. Where they believe that salvation is also by works. And where they have to pay for their salvation by works. Ascenticism. 
They say you have to kill this flesh. You have to physically harm this body. They are ignorant. Be ignorant. They say they have a... Before we even get to the being ignorant. They have a zeal of God. They have a zeal for God. But not according to the requisite, accurate, correct, precise knowledge. They just miss it. The next verse says, For they be ignorant of God's righteous requirement. And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Clap. Maybe you are sitting here or you are standing somewhere you are listening to us. Oh, these guys who are here that they are going to church. Me, I don't go to church, but my heart is clean more than all of them. You are ignorant of the righteousness of God and you are going about to establish your own righteousness. You are not submitting to the righteousness of God. You, you are wiser than God, holier than God's program. You have all kind of strange religions. The Ekankas, the Buddhism, and all these things. Oh. Being puffed up by the fleshly mind, by the intellect. And some also, false humility, submitting to angels and so-called human mediators. Ignorant flat of God's righteous requirement, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Verse 3, you will have it. Next verse. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end. The live end. Not the, not the dead end. The, the life end. Is the end of the law for righteousness. That the requirements for righteousness, Jesus is the end. It's like a PhD, you can't go higher. So when somebody is coming to talk about remedials and coming to talking to SS, we finished the program already. See, God is telling you that Jesus Christ is the end for the law of righteousness. The requirements for righteousness, Jesus is the end of it. To everyone who believes. Hmm. Now, there are certain chapters of the Bible... If everybody will be able to just read it and take it as it is, there may be no need for even explanation. Because Paul was actually teaching here. What I'm teaching now, he, he's teaching it all through. So he continues to say some things. Let's go. Moses described the righteousness of the law that a man who does these things will live in them. Now, there was a kind of old covenant where the requirements for righteousness was different. But God is no longer running that program. That program. Do you understand? Hello? It's like the four-year SHS and the three-year SHS. Which one are we now? Which one? We are, doing a, we are doing a three now. Okay. Or if you like. The middle school system. The elementary school system. 
has been replaced by what? The JHS SIST program. The JHS SIST is taken over. He's taken over the middle school and the secondary school system. So Moses was talking about this one and he said the person who does those things, he gets his life from them. Now let me explain this. You see, now we are talking about life here. He said the man who does those things will live. He's talking about life. But he said Moses described that righteousness which is of the law. So it means righteousness has a link with living. Because actually, there is a righteous requirement for life. So in the Old Testament, if you don't meet it, you are cursed and you die. If you meet it, you are blessed and you live indeed. You enjoy life. Whosoever is clapping, God bless you again. So that was that one. But look at this one. Next verse. For the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Let's stop there. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Okay, so verse 6 and 7. So let's look at verse 6 first. Now, he's saying that there is another righteousness, another program, which is a new covenant program God is running. The old covenant has passed. There's a new covenant or agreement or program God is running. And this one is not like the old one. This one says that, don't say in your heart who will go all the way to heaven to bring Christ down. Because that's impossible. Or who will go into the abyss that is to raise Christ up. In other words, the requirements... For righteousness under the old covenant, you have to encompass sea and land to make somebody a proselyte. But even after you have done that, you make him twice, twofold the son of hell. You have to keep all the laws. By the time you finish keeping them, you are even dead. And when you finish, you still fill the rags. So in this program, you don't say, oh, ha, it's, not, it's not realistic. It's not possible. It doesn't make sense. This is nonsense. In fact, that's how the law looks like. Ridiculous. What? You mean human beings should do all these things? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? He said, don't say that. Because it's not in heaven for you to say who go bring it. It's not in the abyss. It's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart already. Next verse, verse, verse 8. Verse 8. But what said it? This new program, this righteousness of faith, this new testament, this new program God is running, what does he say? He says, the word, oh, the word of God, which gives life, the good news, which gives you righteousness. Of which Christ is the end of all the requirements. There were that word. Which is the life and the righteousness and Christ. Is already close to you. Jesus is not in heaven. He's not in abyss. In show or Hades. He is near you. He is even in your mouth. And in your heart. That is the word of faith. Which we preach. Give the Lord a clap here. So you see it ties it all up. So. All this plenty thing we are talking about, the thing is now made easy, encapsulated. It's not a capsule in your mouth to just take. 
And God being so good, he already put it in your heart. So this thing we are talking about, the word of God, the life, the righteousness, is all in your, the believer's heart, it's in your heart and in your mouth. Next verse. Now, because it's in your mouth, what do you have to do with it? What do you have to do with it? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, oh, clap, and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? Now, why will you be saved if you confess Jesus as Lord and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Why should you be saved? Based on all the things we have read up to this now, up to this point, based on everything we've said, the reason why you'll be saved if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead is because Jesus as Lord and as the one who rose from the dead is the gospel, which is God's power for salvation. And that therein is God's righteousness, righteous requirements revealed. And that faith, believing that God raised him from the dead, you live, the just will live by it. Let's finish. For with a hard man believe unto righteousness. So, the righteous requirement or justification happens when one believes because it is a spiritual thing. It's your heart. Your heart is your inner man, your real man, the real you. That is why it takes place. It takes place in your heart. But with a mouth confession is made unto salvation because what you say validates what you believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So speaking validates your faith and belief in Jesus Christ and in God's program. Let's finish. For the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You will not be disappointed. You will not fail. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So, there's no difference. Whosoever you are, whatever the tribe, whatever your educational background, your status in society, anyone at all who will call upon Jesus will be saved. Next verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, he said, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you are saved. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He's saying the same thing. Next verse. But how, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? So because he already said that you must believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. So you are not just saying it in your mouth, you are believing. So he said, how will the people say it with their mouth if they don't believe? Uh-huh. And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? Because faith comes by hearing. You have never heard of Jesus. How do you believe on him? Uh-huh. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Clap. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Uh-huh. Next verse. Verse 17. Now, so then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's clap. Alright, I didn't intend to go into all this, but I came all this way so you have a natural progression. When you go home, you can take John 1 and read it from, from verse 1 to verse um, 17, and then you read Romans chapter 10 from verse 1 to 17. Today the trick is in the 17. 1 to 17, 1 to 17, 1 to 17, hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap. Now, don't forget the last statement. He said, so then, faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of God. Now, we're talking about the elasticity of faith. And we say faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is based on the word of God. How far you can stretch your faith is depending on how much word of God you have heard. How far can we stretch the word of God? Stretching the word of God is what we call faith. How far can we stretch the word of God? Perfect, perfectly elastic. We can stretch it to the end. Why? Because the word is God. But your faith is going to be according to how much of the word you have. And you can only stretch it according to how much word you have. Okay. This is half of my message. It doesn't mean the second half is going to be long, but what I mean is that the second half is what deals with the, the faith. Michael, I need a keyboard now. Now, I promise that we're going to come back to that scripture which says, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. I told you today is 17. Correct? Oh, you're not here. I said today is what? The, th the thing is in the 17. So Romans chapter 1 verse 17. We said we're going to read it from the. Okay. E. R. V. And. Uh, does my dear sister have it? Do you have it? Okay. Let me read it for you. I have it. Thankfully. I have it. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Don't forget where we stopped. Where did we leave? Where did we leave off? We left off at verse 17 of Romans chapter 10. Which says what? Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where we stop, right? And I promise coming back to Romans 1, 16 and 17. And I want us to look at it. From the E-R-V. Yeah, Michael, let me hear you. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself. God's way of making people right begins and ends with faith. As the scriptures say, the one who is right with God by faith will live forever. Why are you not clapping? Are you tired? Sure. I'm going to read it again. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself. God's way of making people right begins and ends with faith. As the scripture says, the one who is right with God by faith will live forever. Now, that is the ERV translation or version of the scripture which says what? Verse 17, please. For daring in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk said it. Paul said it in Romans. Said it in Hebrews. And said it in Galatians. Four times in the Bible. At the mouth of two or three witnesses. The just shall live by faith. Look at me. Maybe you have a condition tonight. Or your mother has. Maybe it's a cancer. You have believed the doctors. But it's time to believe God. He is telling you. That you will live by faith. Maybe you have a teenage. Maybe. 
You have had enough of your teenage child. Every attempt to bring this child back home is just counterproductive. God has the panacea. He says, faith will fix it. Now, listen, maybe your eyesight is going dim and dim and it's like the doctor's prediction is coming. It will be reversed by faith. God has sent to you on a mission and gave you nothing because when you have the word, you can create everything. When he sent the apostles, he said, you know what? Don't take a purse. Don't take a script. If the word doesn't provide for you, then I didn't send you. When they come back, when they came back, he said, did you lack anything? They said, master, nothing. Honey, you have the word, you have everything. By faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. That the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. In other words, it may not be there, but we'll create it by faith. It may not be there, but the word of God will create it. It may be dead, but the word will bring it alive. The just shall live by faith. Anytime you are down, switch to faith. Anytime you are depressed, switch to faith. Anytime you don't have money in your pocket, switch to faith. Anytime your account turns red, switch to faith. Anytime you have chaos in your home, switch to faith. Anytime you, you encounter death, switch to faith. The just shall live by faith. You know what? Hebrews 11 from verse 32 to 40. Time will fail me. What shall I say more for time will fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fire, turned the flight of armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yeah, moreover, bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskin, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom? The world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good, pro- good report through faith, received not a promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Women had their dead raised back to life. By faith. Last week, one of our children fell into a well. And they were looking for the child. They were not seeing the child. And they went and saw the child floating. And the father said, I was going to call the police. To come and see it before anybody touches it. But then on a second thought, faith took over. She carried this child, pressed the belly, food and water came out of the nostrils. Carried a child on a moto, rushed to the clinic. They said, we are sorry. There's even no oxygen here. Carried a child on a bicycle, headed for a bigger hospital in another, another town. 
scratch the belly. This time, blood came out. Blood and water came out of the nostrils. And he started shouting and calling the God that we serve. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. They got to the hospital, put the child down, took the clothes off. As soon as the doctor touched the child with his hand, the child cried. And started crying out and came back to life. Give the Lord a shout and a praise you. It's not over until you say it's over. If your faith says yes, God will never say no. That's why I'm talking about the elasticity of faith. It is not over until you say it's over. The Syrophoenician woman said, I know we are dogs. I know we are Gentiles. I know our time has not yet come. I know you don't give the children's food to dogs. I know all that. But the dogs also eat from the crumbs that fall from the children's table. The centurion said, Come and heal my child. And upon a second thought, he said, Ah, what did I just say? You cry, you are too clean to come to my house. Just speak the word only. I am a soldier, and in the military, we just give commands. So you just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed there was a man called Jerus his child was sick and he came begging Jesus the, the, the appointments were so many and those who were ordering the master say from here you move there then you move here so now after all that Jesus was ready to go to Jerus house and the messengers came and said, Stop bothering, don't trouble the master any further because the child is already dead. And when Jesus heard it, he said, Don't be afraid, only believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to he that believeth. All things, not some things. Paulo, if thou canst believe, Sandra, if thou can believe. Pastor Bilson, if thou can believe. Richard, if thou can believe. Apostle, if thou canst believe. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation it is. Michael, if thou canst believe. All things are possible to he that believeth. There's a man called Abraham. You can go and read his story. It starts from Romans. You can have it in Genesis 12 all the way down but this particular one you can find it in Romans chapter 4 all the way from the beginning talking about how he was justified made right by his faith did you actually know that the first time the word believe occurred in the Bible that was the first time the word righteousness occurred they all came at the same time Abraham was justified by faith. But I'm talking about the elasticity of faith. The ability or the capability of being stretched, compressed, expanded, and still returning to your original length or shape. Master, God stretched this man. The man went down. <laughs> no child. When he was in his heydays. No child. When the lady was fresh. No child. Went all the way. Stretched the man all the way to 100. And the man said, I still believe. Everybody said, oh no. This one is past. We can, we can change it. He said, no. That's what I mean by the elasticity of faith. If thou canst believe, it is only over when you say it's over. But as long as thou can believe, all things are possible to he that believeth. Give the Lord a clap.
Thank you so much for listening. We believe this teaching has been a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast for life-defining and changing moments with the Holy Spirit. Follow us on all social media platforms at Prophet Prince Manasseh Achu and join the Prophet Sunday services at 9 a.m. See you next week.